Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. It's funny, I debated on whether or not I was going to put out an episode this week because depending on when you're listening to this, I am recording this a couple of days before the Christmas holiday. And I just generally have been feeling quite heavy and unmotivated with everything that's going on with the new restrictions and feeling like we're kind of back to square one even though I know that we're not so I really want to extend my thoughts to anyone who is feeling that way right now and you know if the holidays are a difficult time for you then my thoughts are with you as well because I know that the common narrative is that this is a very happy and joyful time but I've just been in conversation with a lot of folks who are feeling quite heavy around this time of year and especially with everything that's going on. One of the main reasons I started this podcast was to have a way to keep myself accountable to you know taking steps towards putting myself out there in new ways and I have this tendency to if I don't really have a schedule for myself or anything that holds me accountable um, I can really procrastinate and put things off and I'm going to talk about why that is in this episode but yeah not really in in a way of putting a lot of pressure on myself I said this in the very first episode that my whole objective with this little project was to just allow myself to show up and express in the way that I want to but I also have recognized my own behavior of avoidance and procrastination and the value of creating little containers that are somewhat non-negotiable for me to show up for myself and really take action to something that I feel is really important and meaningful to me. So this really ties in well to the topic of conversation for this week, which I am really excited about because this is something that comes up a lot both in my social media and in conversations that I have with folks in my program and it's something that I don't feel there is a lot of conversation around and so when you're experiencing what I'm going to be talking about it can feel quite isolating um, and also can lead to cycles of self-sabotage and self-doubt and self-criticism so really this episode is something that I need to keep coming back to and I keep needing to hear from myself so you know we're on this kind of journey together of me sharing things that ultimately I really need to hear as well and then hopefully that resonates with you. So this episode is going to be particularly pertinent and relevant to you if you are going through or anticipate to be going through a period of change, growth, or transition and from what I've heard so far I think that really is a lot of us. I feel like funny enough I'm 
always in a period of transition. I always feel like I'm kind of never quite in that period of stability, but you know, I think that is just the chapter that I'm in and I'm happy to be on this journey with you as well. Um, And so really this topic of conversation, I've never really had a solid way of understanding it or how to navigate it. And an understanding of this pattern that I'm going to share and I'm going to talk about in this episode has now saved me from self-sabotage countless times. When we are in this period of transition and putting ourselves out there in a new way, we of course talk a lot about the excitement and the thrill of being in a period of change, but I think what's less spoken about and less normalized is the real anxiety and fear and self-doubt and self-criticism and self-sabotage that happens when we're in these periods. So, Essentially, when we're talking about the period that comes before this major change or growth, when we're putting ourselves out there in a new way, we've often thought about this change for a long time, but the reality of actually making it is a lot different from what we may have expected. And especially with seeing the way that people's lives are depicted online, I think that it really just skews our perception of how something is going to be. So for example, moving to a new city, starting a new job, or really making any new life change, starting a new habit, letting go of an old habit. Again, coming back to this idea of the fact that it's very normal and very publicized to see the final results of what that change looked like for someone, that we can feel really alienated when we're kind of in the thick of the difficult emotions that do come along with periods of transition. So then that does make us feel like when we're feeling that fear or anxiety of being outside of our comfort zone, we think that something must be wrong because no one else is really, you know, talking about this or we're not really seeing that part of other people's lives and it's not really normal to talk about those times as much so we can retreat back into our safe space even if this was a place where we felt unfulfilled or stuck. So I'll be talking about that in this episode and I'll be referring to this pattern as the contraction before the expansion and we'll talk about this pattern and how it's reflected through nature, why it happens, why it's really important to create awareness surrounding your behavior when you are in a period of contraction and of course some tips for working through it. So we'll start us off with a quote and this is from John Mark green so he says that birthing is never easy or without pain be it a universe a child or a fresh start in life contraction precedes expansion darkness comes before dawn joy follows pain this is the way of things so we can find so many examples of this cycle of contraction followed by expansion from seasonality to gardening to even childbirth and I posted a video about this on TikTok and someone commented and I love this comment which was basically that God made four seasons and only one of them is spring. So within our lives and within nature we have so many examples of seasonality and cycles and yet we're expected to kind of stay and operate from a place of constant energy and constant high performance, high productivity, being happy, moving with high urgency, always feeling at our best and always being successful. Ultimately when we think about it our fluctuation in mood and energy and just transitions through life don't really fit into capitalist structures and so obviously it makes sense that it's not super talked about to discuss what happens when we're in low points and when we feel called to rest and retreat and we're in these times of feeling insecure or like we doubt ourselves it's not quite as acceptable to be having these conversations about the challenges and the struggles and then I think the result is that 
we feel that much more alienated and alone when we are struggling, even though so many of these topics and so many of these feelings that we grapple with are, number one, completely normal and ultimately necessary parts of human life, but also just really shared experiences that we really aren't alone in that if we had the tools and we had the understanding and awareness of, number one, what's going on within our mind and bodies, and number two, how we can support ourselves and nourish ourselves in these periods without feeling like we need to self-sabotage or go back to a place of safety within our comfort zone even if we were feeling stuck. I think also, and I touched on this earlier, I think a lot of this has to do with the ways that we share our lives on social media, and of course I think this seems to be improving in that we are all collectively recognizing that we're seeing such a small picture and therefore we're getting such a skewed vision of people's lives and we're not really seeing the difficulties or the challenges or the struggles and I think when this happens the visibility of the lows of course is much lower and when we're going through it ourselves we feel that much more alienated when we're going through one. I always think of this in the context of where I'm at in my own personal journey, but of course this can apply to any area of life that you're going through a transition. So for me, a big thing is this year I quit my job to start my own business and start a new career path. And this is something that I've been thinking about, considering, wanting, envisioning for years but of course the reality of this journey is so much different than what I ever thought it would be. Oftentimes the narrative that circulates is that if you're living in alignment with your passion everything will kind of come easy and fall into place which for me just gave me a completely skewed idea of what it would mean for me to be living in alignment with what I feel is purposeful and there have been times that I've doubted myself and I've thought okay here I am thinking that this is my purpose, but yet I'm not feeling the traction that I would have expected and, you know, things aren't going exactly as I had thought that they would and I'm finding it challenging and there are different parts that aren't going the direction that I thought they would and, you know, this whole internal dialogue of if... if this is really my purpose, then it should be easy, right? Like if this is really where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing, then everything should just flow. And I think for sure there is an element of flow that comes along with being in alignment with your authentic self and your authentic personality and your desires ultimately. But it's this idea that we aren't going to face challenge and we aren't going to face struggles. And a lot of this has interconnectedness with shadow work and that when we're out of our comfort zone and you know the farther that we put ourselves out of our comfort zone the bigger the shadows will encounter because there are things that we may have been avoiding for our whole life and now that we're putting ourselves out there they're really staring us right in the face and so the important thing here and the the point I'm trying to make is that just because you're having a challenge and you're having an insecurity or a doubt that's staring you right in the face this doesn't have to be a reason to retreat back in your comfort zone. This can be an opportunity to grow even further beyond your comfort zone. And of course, the other element is that when we are in this period and we compare ourselves to other people who are in a completely different period of evolution, we can feel discouraged and disheartened about our own progress. But I'm going to share an analogy in a moment about why that just really does not make any sense at all to be engaging this type of comparison. And it really is something that I have to catch myself on frequently and bring myself just back to my own journey and just the 
path that I'm on and it really isn't relevant to compare to other folks. I think looking to others for inspiration and to expand me and that I can see that they're doing something that really resonates with me and that is a source of expansion. But I really have to do the inner work when I find myself feeling discouraged about me not being where someone else is. Because of course, the other reality that we may not see but is more than likely always true is that they're dealing with their own challenges and their own insecurities and they're on their own path of evolution and more than likely comparing themselves to someone else. So really what I want to articulate is this phenomenon in this cycle of contraction followed by expansion and this is an ongoing process it happens often when we're in this period of transition or change growth and basically we have a vision for our desired reality and we start actually taking the steps to get there and that's when we start to feel the friction and the discomfort of transition and expansion as we outgrow old patterns and then starts to come the doubt because the other piece is is that it takes time for things to manifest in the physical we can have a change of heart and a change of mind but of course if we're working towards something when we don't see the physical signs of that thing actually manifesting so let's say we are wanting to improve our mental health or we're wanting to improve our fitness level or we're wanting to achieve a new level of success in our business it of course takes time for that to manifest in the physical and when we don't see that happen immediately because our culture is so oriented towards instant gratification we can often think that there's no use and that we may as well just go back to our old way of living but this cycle at least for me has caused me a lot of anxiety because ultimately the longing and the vision I have for myself is still there I've just kind of retreated back to the sense of safety and I always find myself coming back gradually re-exposing myself to my comfort zone and so my objective here is to really just provide you with a bit more of a solid roadmap if this is something that you're going through so something that has really helped me during times of self-doubt or self-criticism is to reframe whatever I'm whatever period of growth that I'm in rather than being this thing that I have to rapidly make happen and you know have something to show for I have shifted into looking at it as tending to a garden. You know, we attend to our garden every day in ways that we can. And then there is this element of leaving the rest up to the forces of nature and universal intelligence, which is something that is not really built into systems within society is this element that we think we have to have so much control over everything and having control makes us feel good because it makes us think that we're moving towards something but we can look again coming back to the nature example of so many different areas in which it's important to leave space for that universal intelligence and this doesn't really require being necessarily spiritual or religious to identify with but We can just, again, look at so many examples of this in nature and we know and accept that there is a natural course of events that happens when we are doing something such as growing a garden and really no amount of willpower or effort on our part will make it happen any faster than it's supposed to. And then, of course, like I mentioned earlier, we have the seasonality, which comes into play, just not being the right conditions at certain periods of the year for attending to our garden so we know and accept that and yet that doesn't really translate into our lives and so that is something that I've had to keep reminding myself of and it's a message that keeps coming up for me you know when we haven't seen the physical result of the seeds we've planted to going back to the garden we know and are aware of the fact that there is a lot going on beneath the surface and this really applies to life because it it teaches us the importance of 
detachment, surrender, patience, persistence. Because, you know, if we completely abandon our garden, it may not grow. But if we are too forceful, may, we may overwater it. So I just really like how this applies to our life and speaks to the dance we are in with the universe of showing up and doing our part, but not pushing it to the point of burnout as we seek a new life for ourselves. And this is definitely something that I've gone down myself in terms of just really giving it everything I had and I think again coming back to I talk a lot about this on social media how the really common narrative of things like entrepreneurship and career is that if you're not hustling and you're not going out every single day to make things work then you're never going to get anywhere but I often think about athletes and people who are in a more physical type job who understand and know their limits and who are aware of the consequences of going beyond their limits from a physical perspective and the importance of integrating periods of rest and the knowledge that in between periods of intense physical exercise there is still something going on within your body and I just think the same can be true for periods of transition and periods of change and growth. So I hope that provides a good foundation to this pattern that exists and how it can impact our lives and how it's reflected in nature and I really want to talk now about what's actually happening when we're in these periods of transition and why we may be feeling these feelings of fear or agitation or frustration. In addition to what I mentioned about instant gratification culture and how we feel like if things don't immediately manifest into our lives there there's no point to making any further effort so that's obviously part of it and the other thing of course is is understanding the mechanics from a physiological perspective and being able to understand your own behavior when you're in this period so that you know when it's coming and you know how to navigate it. So when we're learning something new, trying something new, making a change, anything from, you know, learning to ride a bike, quitting smoking, learning a new language, quitting your job, whatever it may be from you know, adopting a new behavior or even suppressing an old one. It's been really fascinating for me to learn about the neurological processes that are actually going on, um, forming new neural pathways associated with the new behaviors and shutting off old ones associated with the old one. So when I developed my program, I worked with a registered psychotherapist who explained this to me in a really good way. So when we're talking about well-established behaviors, ones that we engage with frequently and are basically automatic, anything from driving a car, riding a bike, or perhaps even, you know, negative behaviors that we have, these behaviors when it comes to an analogy of driving on a highway are like driving on a traffic-free highway that is well-paved and very straightforward. So our, it's very easy for our brain to just automatically engage in these behaviors to the point where we don't even really think about it. Whereas on the other hand, when we're trying to form a new behavior, we're essentially trying to establish a new neural pathway and a new neural connection it's like driving through sand or mud so it can be really agitating and frustrating and require a decent amount of conscious effort at least at the beginning when we're trying to establish this new behavior because essentially like I said it's just that much more of a conscious thought process and it's not quite automatic yet but of course over time with consistency and effort things become natural and almost automatic so even in the example of learning a new language if you ever have learned a new language at the beginning it's really challenging and frustrating and it just feels like a lot of effort and energy for your brain but eventually it becomes 
very easy and fluent and you kind of can flip back and forth without thinking about it too much. So that's the first thing to consider if you are in a period of transition or change that involves establishing a new behavior or pattern and often something that's spoken about a lot in the world of self-improvement is how if you're wanting to have a different result you need to create a new pattern and so if you're in the habit of procrastinating and avoiding and you know engaging in self-doubt and certain thought processes that keep you from doing what you really want to do then creating a new habit of having positive supportive thoughts and taking action towards whatever it is that you're wanting to manifest then it's just being aware of the reality that yes it requires time and effort and it does take time for your brain to adjust the other thing and i had an episode on this last week so if you want to go into more detail about this particular topic i would recommend checking that out but The other thing to know is the fact that you may have limiting beliefs surrounding whatever change or transition you're trying to make. And this can make it particularly difficult to overcome periods of contraction because if you're surrounded by folks who also hold those limiting beliefs, which often we are, and it's not to say that someone else having a different belief from you is bad, it's just to say that if it feels confining in a way that you're pressing up against an outer edge of a limiting belief, so let's say using my example, you are wanting to make a career transition and quit your job and start your own business. If you're surrounded by folks who are scared or intimidated by that, who haven't done that for themselves or maybe don't want that for themselves, it can feel discouraging and it can feel like you don't have a great deal of support. And it can also feel like the limiting belief that you may hold about yourself that it's hard to do that or dangerous or whatever it may be will likely be reinforced to you by the folks in your life who are also feeling that way. And especially when people feel pretty strongly about something and, you know, heavily reinforce a certain belief to you and reflect it back to you, it can almost feel like they're waiting to reaffirm their own position. So if their own position is that entrepreneurship is a dangerous route and it's a highly unstable path, then any signs of that happening for you so let's say you're having troubles in your business and you know you're going through normal and natural parts of growing your own business then when you have discussions with these folks then it could feel like they're just waiting to reaffirm that position of theirs so like I said that's another part that can be extremely hard when you're in a period of contraction is not only hearing the loudness of your own limiting beliefs but having that reflected back to you by others so what's really important during this period and like i said i released a whole episode on what to do if you're in this place of experiencing limiting beliefs and feeling confined by them but something that's important to note is you just have to be aware of what those limiting beliefs are surrounding whatever area you're making a transition in so let's say you're making a big relationship transition i think it's a really helpful exercise to just reflect on what your limiting beliefs are with respect to your relationship so perhaps you want to start dating again and you are really hopeful that you can find a really good match for yourself a really healthy supportive relationship you perhaps have a limiting belief that that's not possible for you because you didn't see that reflected from your parents or anyone in your you know, early life. Or another example would be that you are considering a new career path and you don't want to go to university for a specific career path. And maybe the narrative that you heard growing up was that you can't be successful if you don't go to university. So just being aware of what the narratives were surrounding the area of life that you are making a big change in 
examining whether you've internalized any of these beliefs as your own, and then if so, just doing the work to unlearn that and reprogram that for yourself. The other piece of the puzzle is examining what the narratives were surrounding what would happen if you deviated from the path that is expected from you, so the common narrative. Let's say, for example, going back to the university uh, example, your deepest desire has been to go down a career path that has no university degree related to it, or perhaps you want to try doing it without a university degree, for example. First of all, what is your limiting belief associated with that path for yourself? But then second of all, what is the limiting belief associated with what it would mean to stray from that narrative? So for example, people who don't go to university end up not being successful. People end up being homeless or whatever kind of fear-based narratives you have surrounding that specific area of your life. I think being prepared in this way and doing this type of self-inquiry when you're going through this period of transition can be really helpful because you'll know exactly what to look for in terms of the shadowy parts of growth and you won't be surprised when those those beliefs pop back up because it's not to say that the moment you decide hmm I don't think that belief is for me I don't think it aligns with my own desires and you'll never come across it anymore but the thing is when you examine in this way what any narratives are surrounding this area of life that you're making a change in you aren't surprised when they come up and you know how to handle them in a non-defensive way that reaffirms the position and the decision that you've made as opposed to reinforces the limiting belief and makes you want to retreat back into your comfort zone. The other reason I think it's challenging to navigate periods of contraction is an overall resistance of difficult emotions. So the moment that we feel discomfort, we want to run back into our comfort zone even if we were feeling stuck there. And I was reading this book recently about, um, it's called 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think. And she basically talks about how a very common narrative about, again, coming back to do what you're passionate about and you'll never, you know, everything will fall into place. And this doesn't create any room for the very real feelings that we can have when we are confronted with being outside of our comfort zone. And one of those things, of course, is fear. And we often think that fear is a sign that we're on the wrong path. But she just talks in this particular essay about how it can be a good sign. And discomfort can be a sign that we don't feel indifferent towards something. And that something really matters to us. The other thing when it comes to resisting difficult emotions is also resisting talking about difficult emotions. So I think when we make these big major life changes or even small life changes, everyone's kind of watching us or it feels like everyone's watching us. And we feel as though we have to put on such a brave face that this decision was the right one and that everything is all good and rosy. And specifically when it comes to my situation surrounding entrepreneurship, I felt very alienated because... I was not prepared, let's say. I don't think anyone can be for some of the challenges that I would face. And of course, I talk a lot about how entrepreneurship for me has been just as much a emotional journey as anything else. I've learned so much about myself and I've come up against a lot of my, you know, unprocessed stuff and things that I, I've needed to work through. But I've been very scared at times to admit that to people that it hasn't been this really easy, rosy journey and that there have been a lot of fears and a lot of anxieties that I've confronted and continue to confront and I think always will because, you know, when you make this huge life decision, there's almost like this embarrassing factor of, okay, well, it's not exactly what I expected it to 
it's I'm struggling in certain ways and then because of that struggle and because of the lack of dialogue that occurs and transparency that occurs in relation to other people who are going through these life changes I just think it's not quite as transparent to talk about the bad and we won't even call it the bad the difficult and the uncomfortable it makes us feel like there is something wrong with the path that we're on and maybe we have to make a change because it shouldn't be difficult and the message here that I have taken away is that it's completely normal to feel fear when you're outside of your comfort zone and to feel discomfort and to feel self-doubt and the reality is is that what's familiar brings us a lot of comfort and safety even if we feel stuck but this kind of brings me to my next point about why it's important to build up the skills to navigate periods of contraction without running back to our comfort zone even when you feel discomfort it's basically a trade-off you're choosing between the discomfort of growth or the discomfort of staying stuck in the same cycles so a lot of the time we try to avoid feeling fear but it can actually be a good thing because like i said it means that something's important to us and we're gradually exposing ourselves to things beyond our comfort zone which at the same time is raising our baseline of emotional regulation as we put ourselves out there in new and bigger ways and we basically are able to build confidence in ourselves in seeing that we're still safe and we're still okay and that can really serve us a lot in the long term. Another reason from my view that it's really important to learn to navigate these periods of contraction without self-sabotaging is because I think it would serve many of us, myself included, to learn to trust our desires and our intuition a little bit more. I'm not sure if anyone else feels this, but over the years I felt like I've had to suppress a lot of my deepest desires in life in order to fit into a certain box that was expected of me and anything outside of that was kind of unrealistic and more recently I've just learned that my desires are deeply connected to my authenticity and my core values and I really think that it's important to experiment with life and see what you find exciting and even if you have a desire to try something and it doesn't necessarily let's say turn out the way you expected it's just another life experience to have and I think we get so fixated on this linear path of you know every single decision needing to be so calculated and so intentional in relation to you know specific outcomes but there is a really beautiful part of just acting from a place of desire and feeling called and curious to have different life experiences and engaging with life in a childlike way. So I think we're taught a lot, especially through religious conditioning and programming, that it's wrong to have desires. But I think that desires can at least tell you what's important to you and provide you with some really amazing opportunities to try something new and just experiment with life and see where that takes you. Another reason that this cycle is important to learn how to navigate is it helps you to build data for yourself surrounding the idea that you have about yourself in the world. So what I mean by that is I think that we're always just collecting data and, you know, deciding based on that data whether to reaffirm or challenge certain beliefs that we may have held. So let's say you have the belief about yourself that you are not worth much and you're not capable of doing much. 
Putting yourself outside of your comfort zone and learning to navigate how to be outside of your comfort zone can help you to shift and change that narrative. And as you build different experiences, you can, like I said, build data in favor of a new narrative because the reality is is it can be challenging to change our mind without actually having the proof, but this provides us with the opportunity to change our mind in favor of something that might be healthier or more supportive for who we are and the direction that we're going. And I also think this highlights the importance, I talked about this last episode, of celebrating small wins when you are in this period because the reality is, is like I said, when you're out of your comfort zone, there will probably be a lot of your mind and body that is propelling you to go back in the direction of safety and what's familiar so it will use and pick up on any little signs that you're not on the right path and that you should doubt yourself and that you should self-sabotage so I think it's important to also be paying attention to even the tiny tiny ways that are leading you in the right direction and small pieces of affirmation that can continue to propel you in the direction of your desires and ultimately over time you just kind of build that resilience and you don't self-sabotage every time you feel discomfort and this can also really build your confidence not only your confidence in yourself but your confidence in the fact that things are working out for you and basically your confidence in the universe at large Also, when it comes to things like mental health, I'll just use a personal example. One of the things that used to really terrify me and really scare me and caused panic attacks for whatever reason, I still don't really know what, was being in spaces with other people, with crowds, and I always felt like I needed to escape. And when we're talking about periods of transition, it can also be in exposing ourselves to things like this, so just putting ourselves out of our comfort zone. And I talked in a previous episode about exposure therapy, and this is an example for me of I identified that this fear that I had and this anxiety that I had surrounding being around crowds and around other people was really limiting my life and causing me to retreat further and further and lose a lot of confidence in myself. So once I made the conscious decision that I was going to try to shift that, every time I was able to get through an experience that I was exposing myself to that was difficult or challenging for me, I was building more and more data that I could get through it without having a panic attack and without feeling anxious. And slowly over time, I just find that not only did this help to rewire my nervous system, it also just really helped to build my confidence. So that same logic can apply in favor of really any area of life. And I will talk a little bit once I provide tips on how to navigate a period of contraction about how you can actually go about exposing yourself to something that you're scared of. But I just wanted to share a little bit more about how that can be helpful to really help prevent that self-sabotage. The last thing I'll touch on from the perspective of why it's important to navigate these periods is if we can learn to sit with our own discomfort, we can learn to sit with the discomfort of others. So something that I've really noticed is that collectively many of us, probably through conditioning that certain emotions are bad have a difficult time sitting with difficult emotions. And I really noticed this recently when I had a death in my family and every time I would talk to someone about it, I felt like I had to say, yeah, like I'm really upset, but you know, she's in a better place. I felt like I had to provide some sort of neutralizing statement so that we wouldn't have to both sit with the discomfort of my grief and my pain. And I think this 
transcends to a lot of different areas of life where we don't really allow ourselves to see and feel our own discomfort and we keep running from it in ways that can be often very uh, damaging and self-sabotaging and then we can also do that same thing to others and we don't make them feel seen and we don't allow ourselves to hear and really hold space for them because we aren't even able to hold space for our own discomfort but just being able to witness and experience the transformation I felt with learning to sit with my own discomfort I can just see how this would and of course this is something I'm still working on but how this has started to shape the way that I relate to the discomfort of others Okay, so now I want to transition into the part of the conversation where I share my own personal insight on how to navigate and really work through these periods that you may be going through. So I'm going to share a few tips. The first one being making sure that your vision is clear for why you're making the change in the first place. So I essentially think of this as really setting your compass in the direction that feels meaningful to you and being really clear on what your desired outcome is and what that feeling that you're searching for, whether that's more freedom or more fulfillment or whatever that feeling that you're looking for and that vision of your desired future outcome, while also being detached from number one, how you're going to get there and number two being open to the fact that that could shift and change as you gather more information and as you learn and grow. I kind of think of this in terms of my partner and I a couple of years ago did a backpacking trip through Vietnam. We did a month and both of us are not really planners when it comes to traveling but what made our trip so enjoyable and so stress-free was to have a general vision of the route that we wanted to take and basically the things that we wanted to see, what we wanted to get out of the whole experience and how we wanted to feel. And what this allowed us to do is in the first couple of days, we were being, you know, super, super rigid about our planning. It allowed us to recognize that very quickly we weren't really feeling the way that we wanted to feel. We were being a little bit too rigid. And so we allowed ourselves to kind of loosen up and just allow the journey to unfold in the way that it should. And like I said, we had a rough outline of where we wanted to go. I know this stressed a lot of people out to hear that we hadn't really like booked things well in advance or, you know, planned the exact number of days. But what it allowed us to do is spend certain days in places that we liked more and not feel the pressure to immediately jump to a new location. So having a really solid vision for ourselves and general plan, but not being so attached and rigid about how we got there and how we navigated it and we were very much open, allowed us to really get what we were looking for out of that whole experience. So that would be my first tip and a really common thing to do is just to jot down, you know, on a piece of paper in a journal, your vision for yourself. So let's say you're making a career transition. What is it that you want to feel? What do you want out of your new career? What are the things that you're looking for? And that way you just have that much more of a clear roadmap of what you're working towards. And of course, there may be changes and there may be surprises along the way, but you're always kind of knowing the general direction that you're headed in. And then at the same time, you also have a really good kind of internal barometer for when you're off course. So let's say that your goal is to feel more freedom and more autonomy and more fulfillment and you find yourself in a job where you're feeling the opposite of those things that can give you a good indication that maybe you need to make a little shift or a change. 
because again, it doesn't align with your vision for yourself. And at this point, you've learned to trust your desires and you've also done the work to outgrow the limiting belief that you can't find something that would make you feel these things. The next tip is to just become aware of your thoughts and fears and attachments and ultimately your triggers as you navigate this time of transition and to just work through them because each time you're triggered, I'm certainly not suggesting it's a pleasant experience, but you are offered an opportunity to unearth some suppressed emotions because you're feeling triggered because it's, you know, pushing on a specific wound that you may have, and this may actually be what's blocking you. So let's say, for example, you are putting yourself out there on social media and you're starting a new social media channel and you come across the trigger of being extremely scared of rejection. This is something that can actually block you from continuing to put yourself out there and cut you off from your desires. So being able to, rather than succumb to that fear of rejection, being able to understand where that came from and why you have that fear and how you can work through it for yourself. Something that I'll always mention as well is if you find yourself coming up against some really big triggers and some really difficult emotions, then it can also really be healing and helpful to seek out professional support as well. And that's something that I've done myself just to help me navigate these times and to have a different perspective on why I'm reacting to certain things and feeling stuck in certain ways and coming up against some major triggers, which ties in well to my next tip, which is ultimately learning to self-regulate in periods of discomfort. I've noticed for myself that, you know, having experienced a lot of anxiety in the past and panic attacks, that feeling off balance in any way can cause me to do anything to get back to that place of balance even if that includes self-sabotaging so learning how to be in periods of discomfort like I mentioned earlier while still being able to regulate my nervous system and I talk a lot about how the main way that I've learned to do that is through the practice of mindfulness meditation so I touched briefly on this earlier about exposure therapy when you are putting yourself out there in a new way or you're overcoming a specific fear and the tip that I want to provide here is to take micro steps and sort of expose yourself in very small amounts and not over committing and flooding your nervous system and ultimately causing you to be overwhelmed and again retreat back to your comfort zone. That's definitely one way to do it and may resonate with some folks. For me personally, I always resonate more with a more um, gradual approach to putting myself out of my comfort zone and I just find that this allows me to slowly raise my baseline and find that new equ equilibrium and ultimately not kind of overwhelm myself all at once. And I also do find like with new habits or what have you, you know, we're approaching the end of the year and the beginning of a new one, we tend to overcommit ourselves to a variety of different lifestyle factors. And from what I've found and a lot of the research also mirrors this finding is that trying to change too many things at once is just typically not as effective as working on one thing at a time. And the last tip, and this ties in pretty nicely with everything that I've already kind of mentioned about limiting beliefs, is to have conversations and to the extent that you can, surround yourself with people who have actually gone through the transition that you are. Because people who have not will often project their own beliefs, but they're not necessarily always rooted in having gone through it. So going back to the gardening example, if you wanted to learn how to garden and you wanted to know what to expect out of your gardening project, you would want to speak to a gardener. So I think the same applies for life transitions that we're going 
going through. So let's say for me, I'm going down the path of an entrepreneur. I want to be talking to people about that who have also gone down that path. And I can be having conversations with a variety of people who have and have not done it. But when it comes to seeking out support and advice and guidance, I think the best way that we can do that is by people who have gone down that path themselves. And like I mentioned so many times, when we're not aware of the realities of certain life paths that include very real challenges and setbacks and so on and so forth, we can feel alienated when we're on that path and we experience those challenges. So speaking with someone who might be able to provide insight into what you might come across will also help you to prepare and help you to gain more insight to how they navigated it and then how you might navigate it as well. So that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that this was helpful if you are going through a period of transition or change or growth, trying to adopt a new behavior or go down a new life path or let go of an old behavior. I really think that having conversations surrounding what to expect when we're going down this and the fact that there is a very normal and natural period of contraction before we start to expand can really help us to navigate these periods and really get the most out of them without feeling like we need to run back into our comfort zones. And on my end, I promise to continue to be open and transparent about the journey that I'm going through with my career so that if this is something that you're going through or you're experiencing yourself, then we can help to normalize that narrative and collectively support each other as we go down this path. So with that said, if you are listening to this around the time of the holidays, I hope that you have a wonderful, peaceful, restful holiday. Just know that you deserve to take a break and relax and I hope that you have a wonderful end to your year. So thank you again for listening and I will see you in next week's episode.